Amen. Amen. Of course, on Sunday night, for some time now, I've been addressing the subject uh, that uh, about that come from uh, Galatians, the sixth chapter, uh, sowing to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit, reaping life. And of course, one of those ways, and I don't know but what it's not the most important way that we in our experience, so to the Spirit, is in our prayer life. And of course, repeating what I've said before, the Bible tells us we really don't know what to pray for, and we understand how the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, burdens us for the things we need to pray for. And so that's been our subject for some time, and I had been dwelling on passages of Scripture where uh, prayer was actually offered up. And so the last time we addressed this was in Colossians, the first chapter. And uh, this prayer was lifted up by the Apostle Paul for the church. And uh, it begins in about verse 9 and goes, well, it goes a good piece down through there. And I read that the last time. It says in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And of course we can think about praying for each other, praying prayer for each other, uh, or the, this is uh, related to the prayers for the, for the church. <clears throat> and he goes on to say, And to desire that he might, that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I'm not going to read the uh, verses that follow that. That's the first thing that's mentioned here, Paul mentions in his prayer. You may remember that the last time we addressed this passage of Scripture, uh, we took the statement that he made, for this cause also since the day I heard it. And this was the motivation for Paul's prayer. Now most of the time we pray or we may pray for the church or whatever when there's negative things or bad things and there's need for the Lord to intervene and to bless in whatever way. But this is unique in this passage of Scripture in that it was good things that Paul had heard related uh, to this church. And uh, we know that in verse 7, it tells us, As you also learned of Epiphras, our, fellow, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. This was where the word came uh, to the Apostle Paul related to the church. And of course, not to repeat much of what I shared with you previously, but if you go back up to verse number 4, he says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love uh, which you have for all the saints. And so we learn here that there was motivation for the prayer. Motivation for the prayer when we see God blessing, when we see God blessing and realize the blessing. So I want to address tonight this first thing that Paul talks about, that he's praying for them. And here's what he says. He says, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The knowledge of his will filled with that is what he's saying here uh, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So 
I want to address for just a little while, first of all, the will of God that we might be filled with, the will of God. Now, the Bible teaches that the will of God, there are several areas of the will of God. You might remember that I've made statements like, for example, God's directive will and God's permissive will, uh, those things that God directs or causes to happen, and then those things that God allows to happen or permits to happen. And uh, I think that touches probably our curiosity more than anything about things that go on in the world. And many, many times I've been asked questions, why did this happen or why did that happen? Uh, is there a reason or what have you? And we need to understand that everything that takes place in the world, literally everything, God has not surrendered the control of all that to any person, the devil or any entity or whatever, but is in total control of everything. And of course, we understand there may be a lot of things that we, we don't know the why, and maybe not ever, while we're here on this earth, we might not ever know why that things take place or things happen. And maybe one of these days, uh, we will learn that. So I've mentioned that several times. But the will, will of God is uh, d- divided into several categories. I'm not going to share all, all the ones that you can read up on that or study that or whatever. But related to our passage of Scripture, uh, there would be, and I think this comes under the heading of God's directive will, that which God directs and God has total control of, one area is the sovereign will of God. And, and that is that uh, it's primarily secret, the secret will of God. Now, uh, you know, those are things that we won't ever know, that God has chosen not to uh, reveal to us. So those things that are in his sovereign will, that is that nothing can alter, nothing can change that. And it has to do, of course, with all of his decrees, all of his eternal plans, that which he has chosen to predestinate. And that we read about that in places in the Bible. Those are things that are going to take place. Uh, the Bible tells us, I'll probably read this scripture in a moment, that he uh, can talk about or reveal the end from the very beginning. In other words, it's awful hard for some people to understand how that God from whenever, it's hard, you know, we use the terminology before the foundation of the world. Some say, well, when was that or whatever? And it was just before uh, God ever created all his creation. But he has always existed. Uh, so these are things that uh, nothing is ever going to alter. Because God is a sovereign God. That means that he is in control. Now I'd like for you to take a little journey with me if you would. You can turn to these passages of scripture as I read them. uh, Four, five, six passages of scripture. You may want to mark them in your Bible. It's the reason that I'd ask you to turn to them. And we want to start in the book of First Chronicles and the 29th chapter. In the book of First Chronicles and the 29th chapter... Uh, we're going to find a passage of scripture that is interesting there. In chapter 29, and um, I want to read verse 
10 through verse uh, 13. And what, what's happening in this chapter, uh, David has come to the end of his, his life. And uh, so this is the setting where these, are, where these words are found. Verse 10 says this, and this is what I want you to see in this. I want you to see a sovereign God talking about his will and his purpose. And here's what it says, beginning in verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty and all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. Thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. So what's David talking about there? He's talking about a God that is in control. Now if you want to look with me in the book of Job and chapter number 23. Job chapter uh, 23. And we'll read another one. In Job the 23rd chapter and in verse 10 through verse 14. 23rd chapter and verse 10 through verse 14. Listen to how it reads. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his step, his way uh, have I kept, and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the word of his mouth more than necessary food. But he is of one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth? Even that he doeth. That's talking about God. What he desires, that is what he does. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Oh, if we just thought like that, if we understood that, that this is a God that is in control. Also in chapter 33 of this book, chapter 33 and the 13th verse. And here's what it says in the 13th verse. Well, in the last part of verse 12, it says, I will answer thee that God is greater than man. And verse 13 says, Why dost thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. And so that's what that says about a sovereign God. In the 115th Psalm, 115, Psalms 115, if you would turn uh, there, I'll read uh, these verses, Psalms 115, and I'll just read one verse from that psalm, and it's verse number 3, Psalms 115 and verse number 3, but our God is in heaven, in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he has pleased, you know, that's going to be when, when it all comes down to the end, it's just going to be like that. It, he has done exactly what he pleases. Now remember, we're thinking about 
the will of God as Paul is talking here about knowing the will of God. And then in the 135th Psalm, if you want to uh, turn over to that, Psalms 135, and I want to read verse 1 through 6. Here's what the psalmist says. Praise ye the Lord, praise you the name of the Lord, praise him, O you servants of the Lord, you that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his uh, peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all things. And listen to what verse 6 says. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in the earth, in the seas, and all the deep places. All these verses of scripture are talking about God's will, or the will of a sovereign God. And then I guess one of my favorite verses related to this is in Isaiah and chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46. I'm going to turn there and read two verses. They are awesome. These two verses say this. Uh, in verse 9 and verse 10 of chapter 46. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasures. And so that's talking about the will of God. His will being brought to pass in Daniel chapter 4. Daniel the fourth chapter. And we have an interesting thing that is found in the book of Daniel in the fourth chapter. And here's what it says in Daniel chapter 4. And uh, these verses, uh, actually, this is the most interesting thing. Now you know the story, I'm sure, about Nebuchadnezzar. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up in verse uh, 29. And here's what it says. Uh, it says in verse 29, At the end of the twelfth month, he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. This is Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spake and said, and this was a bad thing, and he got in a lot of trouble for it. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? He makes claims related to that. And then the Bible says, verse 31, While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. Who's doing this? God is doing it. God's going to take, God is going to move in his life. In verse 32, And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be in, with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as an oxen. Seven times shall pass over thee until, listen to this, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Isn't that something? In other words, we think about all of the kingdoms that have existed in the world, all the nations and the like. 
and to think that God is in control of that. And this is what he said, until you know this. This was coming upon him, until you know this. And then the Bible says, in, uh, in, in that, uh, verse 34, At the end of days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned. Now he's been out here eating grass like, like the beast. He's, he's kicked out of his kingdom and everything. And it says that his understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Boy, he's changed his tune, has he not? And then in verse 35, note this. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? It reminds me of what it says in the book of Romans about the potter having power of the clay. And, and we don't say, Why hast thou made us thus? It is God that is in control. So I just wanted to read those passages of Scripture there related to the sovereign will of God. There are things that God has done, continues to do, and will do that, that cannot be interfered with. It is God who's in control. So that's part of this matter of the will of God. Now, uh, I think that's important as we think about this prayer here that he says that uh, you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, there's, there's a lot about the will of God that we don't have knowledge of, that we never will have knowledge of, and actually, we call it the secret will of God. In other words, it is that which he has no uh, desire or pleasure in revealing to anyone or anything. And as a matter of fact, it has caused several things in the Bible. And let me show you where, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, I'm going to turn back there, and uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's in the... Uh, it's easy to remember where this passage of Scripture is because it's 2929 is where we find this verse. And it's interesting related to the will of God and that which we can know and what we cannot know. And it says this in the 29th chapter of Deuteronomy and in verse number 29. Listen to this. It says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to the children forever that we may do all the words of the law. So that verse of scripture tells us that there are secret things that belong to God. And we don't, we don't know that. And it's hidden. There are two things about the will of God. There is the secret will of God and it's in the hands of Almighty God. Now there are several things that uh, it's called in the Bible. It's called, for example, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11, His eternal purpose. In chapter 1 and verse 9, the mystery of His will. In Acts 2 and verse 23, the determinate counsel of God. In Romans 8, 29, He also did predestinate. In Ephesians 1, 11, the counsel of His own will. The counsel of His own will. Now these things, these are things, and they don't apply in Paul's prayer 
or in our prayer either because we cannot be filled with the knowledge of that part of God's will because they are secret. And, uh, you know, we can, uh, sometimes we know it in retrospect. We may, we may know the Lord's will looking back. Experiences that uh, maybe have happened, things that have happened in this world, and the fact that they happen, we know that it's the will of God. Now, I, I remember not long ago uh, preaching a series of messages uh, on the experience of of uh, Joseph in the Old Testament and all those wonderful things that happened related to that. I know you remember that. And this is a neat verse of Scripture passage that's found in the 50th chapter. At the end of all of his experience, this is what it says. In verse 19 and 20 of that chapter, And Joseph said unto them, his brothers, Fear not, for I am not in the place of God. He says this, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. In other words, that's looking back on that. And this is a statement that David makes there. And you might say, well, preacher, what difference does that make? Because all of that is a part of God's secret will. Well, it sure is interesting to think about that. that I'm glad to serve a God that has purpose in everything that he's done and everything that he's going to do. You know, one of these days, life as we know it here on this earth is going to come to an end. One day it'll come to an end. It may come to me by passing from this life. You know, when we die and we, we move on to our eternal home, uh, there, there, that's when that comes to an end. Life as we've known it. Or... When Jesus comes back, boy, what changes are going to take place related to the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to know. You see, that's a future event that we know about. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when, but we know it's going to happen. And that's all in God's plan and His secret will that He's not revealing to us. But then there's the category... And I call sometimes, I say this is the permissive will of God. There are things that God, and literally everything that we could say, I don't believe God caused that. You know, there was a lot of de- a debate uh, related to the COVID pandemic. And I was asked a lot of questions related to that. Preacher, do you believe that God sent that? Do you believe he caused that to come about? Well, I'd always answer it the same way. One thing I can tell you for sure, if he didn't cause it to happen, he let it happen. He permitted it to happen. And even when he permits things to happen, it's all part of his plan. It really is part of his plan. And so uh, it's, that was interesting questions related to that. And I, so I, I put the category of God's permissive will. God's permissive will. Now, if it wasn't for the fact that God has that will, there wouldn't be any need for us to pray about anything. You think about it. We, we wouldn't be asking God, Lord, to intervene in this, or Lord, bless this, or bless that. If God, if we knew God didn't hear our prayers, and we knew that everything that God did, He did, it was part of His will, He don't, change that, uh, this, this directive will or this uh, 
uh, sovereign will, those are things that nothing we might do or not do has anything to change that at all. But we pray about things because we believe that God hears our prayers of faith that we pray in his will. I say that all the time because it tells us in the book of 1 John that those, that's what our prayers must be. We cannot pray for things that are not in the will of God. And so, and I, I've told you this before, that the best way to pray is, Thy will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. So many times we may think that, uh, you know, somebody needs this or somebody needs that, or ask to pray about certain things. I know you, you experience that as I do, and I don't, I don't know the will of God. I take the will of God very seriously uh, in my thinking and in my prayer life and everything. Sometimes, many times, you know, somebody has said, Preacher, will you pray for me? And they may uh, uh, call out exactly how they want me to pray or whatever. And I might just, and I might pray for them and say, Lord, I don't know what your will is for this person's life, but I pray that your will will be done and you be honored and glorified fight in all that you do and all that takes place. And so there is the revealed will. That's what our passage is talking about. The passage is talking about the revealed will of God, or some have called it the perceptive will of God, that which we might know. And of course, we would understand that's what Paul is praying for, that we might be filled with all, with the knowledge of the will uh, of God. Filled with the knowledge of His will. And so, uh, there's an interesting passage of Scripture that is in uh, the book of Micah. And I'm going to turn there, and I'm going to read in Micah chapter number uh, 6, and this verse is in the 8th verse. Chapter 6 and verse 8. Now listen to this. He hath showed thee O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. You see, that illustrates something there. He says, he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require uh, of thee. And so verses like that, another one that I thought of, was in the book of Matthew in chapter number 7, and we're familiar with this passage of Scripture, uh, and I want to be sure I read it just exactly the way, uh, way it's written, uh, in, and it's in chapter number 7, and it's in verse, uh, verse 21. And in verse 21 it says this, and we, we would recognize it, I was going to try to quote it, but I wanted to make sure I got it just exactly right. It says not Jesus is speaking, and this is a powerful statement. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, boy, when we read something like that, it makes us think, my, I really need to be filled with a knowledge of his will in that case. I really do. And then there was another one that come to my mind, and it's in the book of Romans and chapter 12, and I probably could quote this one too, but I want to make sure that I read it exactly the way it says in the 12th chapter of Romans at verse number 2. It says, And be not conformed 
to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, all of us share the same desire related to that. We want to do the will of God in our life. And if that's not our desire, it really ought to be. And His will, where do we find that? His will is found in His Word. That's where God's will is discovered, is in His Word. There and there alone is our all-sufficient and infallible guide. And the Bible says that His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto our path. A light unto our path. And so we're not going to find that anywhere else. It's not going to be any place but in the Word of God. And as the Christian studies the Word of God, listens to it being taught, listens to it being preached, as the Christian takes that in, we pick up, we continually learn about the will of God. And to be filled with that ought to be the burden of our heart and ought to be the quest of our life. Because without it, we can neither please nor glorify God. We would understand that. We can't please or glorify Him. And without that, we can't avoid all the many pitfalls that come in in life. And so it's so very important. Now some important things to consider related to this, I believe, is that by nature, we are devoid of that knowledge. By nature. The Bible is very clear about this. The natural man uh, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. You say, you mean the unsaved person cannot know the will of God? Not only can they not know the will of God, they usually don't care whether they do or not, just to be honest with you. That's their attitude. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that we have turned everyone to his own way. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own to his own way. That's why the Bible says that. You say, well, what will is it that the unsaved are controlled by? Self-will or satanic influence in their life? And I've shared that verse of Scripture so many times I don't remember right off where it is. But the Bible says that a person that is unsaved, the devil can take control of their life at will. Can do that. Now that doesn't mean that the devil is controlling every person that is unsaved, but he can. He can. He can control uh, people in that way. So the natural man, the natural person, by nature, we cannot uh, experience the knowledge of his will as is talked about here. Now, we that are Christians can, and it is a gradual process, and it is a lifelong process. Uh, the, fit, the filling of a container is by degree, and it steadily increases. That's why he used the word fill here. Uh, with a Christian, the Bible uh, says it this way, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, and there a little. Now I know that all of you who know the Lord, you, you probably would say, yes preacher, that's been my experience along the way. 
You know, I, I've said this before, I've known the Lord for 58 years of my life, and I used to think that I knowed it all. Anybody here ever feel like that? Uh, Aaron, I thought you was raising your hand back there. <laughs> but, he, but he wasn't. <laughs> but I used to think that I, that I knew it all. You know, when I was young, I would think that I knowed more than my daddy did. But then I found out I didn't, you know, <laughs> that he knew more. But, you know, uh, life for the Christian is like that. We, we grow, we gradual, it's gradual. And actually, it's, it's lifelong, uh, that process. And I, I think, I mentioned it this morning, I thank God that I'm uh, still interested in learning more and more about the will will of God from the Word of God. That's the only place you can learn that. It's the only place that it comes uh, come from. And when I don't feel like I enjoy learning the Word and learning about God and learning about His will, then I'm in trouble. And that's the case with everybody when we don't want to learn that anymore. It don't matter how old we get or how much experience that we have. And then, of course... Another thing, there, I think there's extreme danger in ignoring or in rejecting the will of God. And you know what? A Christian can, can ignore the will of God simply by ignoring their Bible and not reading and studying the Word of God or taking interest in it being taught. You know, and I, I believe it's a very, very dangerous thing. And there's, it's the same as not obeying Him in that way. And... Um, there are many things that we need to be careful about because it's not just filled with the knowledge of His will, but the practical side of that is doing it. You see, knowing the will of God and doing the will of God is two different things. I looked these verses Scripture up related to that, and I'm not going to ask you to turn to them. Just listen to me read them about doing the will of God. The psalmist said this, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Thy law is within my heart. Talking about doing the will of God. The psalmist also said this, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. And then in, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 12, Whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 7 and verse 17. If a man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it is of God and whether I speak of myself. Doing the will of God wholeheartedly. It says in Ephesians 6, 6, not with eye service or men pleaser, but a servant of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. Doing that. You see, that's what it what it says doing the will of God and the rule of everyday life is interesting in James chapter 4 and verse 15 for that you ought to say if the Lord will we'll live and do this or that see that ought to be our attitude about life and I think that's what it means in our verse of scripture tonight and I'll close with this because he says this I'll read the whole verse again for this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will 
in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Brother Tim said a whole lot last Sunday night about the wisdom that we can acquire from God. Wisdom and understanding. This is where the practical part of that comes in. It's not just knowing the will of God, but knowing how to follow the will of God and in our interaction with others or whatever in life. And we need that. We need the wisdom and we need the understanding. Not just to know it. And then I'll say one more thing about this. I like the word filled. Filled with the knowledge of His will. And again, I'll repeat this. You won't get it nowhere, but it's the Word of God. It doesn't come any other way knowing the will of God other than from His Word. So, we ought to make much of the Word of God. I've always believed, this is not original with me, I just heard it somewhere a long, long time ago. You make much of the Word, He'll make much of you. And I believe that. I believe that. To honor His Word. Father, we praise You. And we thank You tonight for this prayer. And Lord, it inspires us. We ought to pray for our church. Oh, we ought to pray that our folks would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Bless us, we pray with that. Not only as we pray for our church, but there may be others who hear this message, maybe no telling where in the world, and you can speak to our hearts, whatever our circumstances are and our situation is. Help us, help us to do your will. You're pleased with that. We know. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Now would you stand with it, with me as Brother Aaron comes to lead us.